Hello, and thanks for listening. We're going to do things a little bit differently with this particular message. I preached this message in September, but we had technical difficulties. So I'm going to come to you through podcast with this particular message, and I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. So we took September to cover some of our um, values as a church, some of the things that make us unique. We talked about uh, authenticity being very important to us, um, being a true disciple, a follower of Jesus. More than just believing the right things, we want to actually do the things that Jesus taught and, and make them a part of our everyday lifestyle. We talked about the importance of telling people about Jesus and helping people along uh, up to the point where God has brought you and making that an important part of your life. And uh, in this particular message, we, we talked about the importance of children because as a church, um, we go all out to to try to invest in children. It's one of the unique things uh, about who God is calling us to be. And so um, I, I want to start out directing your attention to a specific book because this was a big part of my story. Uh, a guy named Wes Stafford, an incredible man who uh, was the CEO of Compassion International, he wrote a book um, called Too Small to Ignore. Too Small to Ignore by Wes Stafford, and I really want to encourage you to read that book. It's his story of how God got a hold of his heart uh, to devote his life to caring for children, and and I really think that this should be on your top five books, and I don't take this lightly. I mean it. If you're a follower of Jesus, I really believe that you should read Too Small to Ignore. It was a huge conversion moment for me the importance of, of caring for children and how close children are to the heart of God. I really, really want to encourage you to read that book. I promise you, if you haven't read it, it will be a life changer in it, and it'll, it will cause you to think differently about children in a way that you really, uh, really should. It's an important um, conversion for you to make in your heart. Um, so a lot of the material that I'm talking about today is mentioned in that book, but but regardless, I really think you should read that particular book, Too Small to Ignore. So the first principle that I want to look at today, um, you might call it the Jesus principle, in that if we follow Jesus, we have to do the things that he tells us to do. And he's our example, so we have to uh, change our lifestyle to get in sync with his lifestyle. And this particular... Um, instance from Jesus' ministry. This teaching comes from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 12 and following, or verse 13 and following. It says this, people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, uh, to bless them, essentially, but the disciples rebuked them. So the disciples tried to tell them, you know, get away, that's not appropriate for right now. Um, and, And when Jesus saw this, he became indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive uh, the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children into his arms and he put his hands on them and he blessed them. So there's our example, our, our living example of who God is and what God is like, Jesus And it says, uh, there's a word that I want to call your attention to, indignant. 
it says that Jesus was indignant when he saw the disciples, his followers, essentially blowing off children, overlooking them, minimizing their importance. He became indignant. That's really important that we focus in on that word. Um, Because Jesus is confronted with a lot of wrong thinking in his ministry and wrong actions. Uh, we, we read the story in John of, of Jesus. Uh, the, the people come to Jesus and throw in front of him a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Well, that's one of the biggies, you know. And, um, and, and it, it says he responded to her with um, compassion and forgiveness and grace. There's another story of Jesus uh, coming uh, into... Uh, he. He's confronted with, or he walks up to a man named Zacchaeus, who was the notorious town thief. And it says that he responds kindly to Zacchaeus and says, you know what, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over to your house for day, uh, for dinner tonight. Um, time and again, Jesus responds with grace and compassion and friendship to people who are, are far from um, God's way of life. But when it comes to um, disrespecting or overlooking the importance of a child, he becomes indignant. He loses his composure. So we, only, we don't read very many places in Scripture where Jesus loses it. It's reserved for those times when someone is just so far from the heart of God that he can't stand it. And overlooking children is one of those instances where Jesus loses it. He loses his composure with frustration. And so if we want to follow him, it means we care about how he thinks. And he's our example. And and so we have no choice. We have to care about children because Jesus says that his followers have to care about children. And Jesus stopped everything to bless children. So as a church, if we want to get this church thing right and we want to get this Jesus thing right, We understand that our example is to care deeply about children. And if we miss that, we miss the heart of God. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you know, if you check the box Christian on the census, then you have to do things the Jesus way. And Jesus says we have to care about children. So that's, you know, uh, maybe a a wake-up kind of moment for for us, but we absolutely cannot ignore children or we are missing the heart of God. The second major principle comes from Matthew 18, and I'll just call this one the spiritual law. There's a spiritual law when it comes to to children, Um, and there are a few places in Scripture where where we get this sort of, this like in the law, you know, in nature, they're like the law of gravity, things that are always true. And, and here we see, uh, even in the unseen world, uh, this is a law that is always true, a spiritual law. It comes from Matthew 18. It says this in, in verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and, and had him stand among them. So Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he has this little kid come, and you know, picture a real little kid, and, and he's standing there in front of Jesus, or she's standing there in front of Jesus. Maybe Jesus has his hands on, on, on her shoulders and, and says, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like a little, these little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Therefore, because of this, I tell you, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And here it is. Whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone. Picture, you know, one of those huge, like, wheel-like stones to be uh, hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's as harsh, again, of, of... That's as harsh a language as Jesus uses. And it's in reference to somehow somebody doing something that negatively affects the child. So here's the spiritual law. Jesus says, how we treat children is how we treat him. How you treat a child who comes across your path is how you treat Jesus. So Jesus takes our treatment of children very, very personally. So if you want to treat Jesus well, treat children well. Let's think of it this way. What if we learn from God that somehow Jesus had returned to the earth as a kid? And you learn that little kid Jesus moved into the house next door. When he was out playing, how would you treat him? Would you scream at him to stay out of your yard? No, we never would. What if we learned that, that child Jesus or toddler Jesus actually went to Polaris, went to our church and was in our, our children's ministry? Uh, you saw him running past you when the service let out. Are you stopping to talk with Jesus? Are you stopping to, to tell him uh, something encouraging? Probably. In fact, we would probably have people lined up to be a volunteer in Jesus' Sunday school class or in, in the children's programming just to get to bless him, to get to watch him play. If Jesus were a baby in our nursery, we would have a long list of people wanting their turn to rock baby Jesus or feed him his snack as a toddler. What Jesus says is that's essentially what has happened because every child is Jesus how we treat them is how we treat Jesus. How would our life change? Just this one little, one little truth. What if we went all in and lived the rest of our life like every single child that we came across was Jesus and we treated him or her accordingly? Sometimes we say things like, you know, God, I just want to be near you. I want you close to me. Well, one way to apply that is to realize this teaching. How we treat children is, is how we treat him. Because you could be saying, I want to be close to you, God, but ignoring children or not interested in children. And that's, that's a very conflicting message. As a church, we want to make children a big part of everything we do because we want to make Jesus the biggest part of everything we do. The next principle to think through is what's often called the 414 window. The 414 window. So um, what, what this tells us is that statistics show very consistently that the vast majority of people, 85%, who decide to follow Jesus do so between the ages of 4 and 14. 
And whenever I do a show of hands in a, in a, in a group of people, it always does end up being close to 85%. 85% of people who are going to say yes to Jesus do so between the ages of 4 and 14 years old. Now, in sales, if you knew that 85% of somebody that was going to buy your product lived in a certain city, you would probably set up shop in that city because that's where the action is. Well, in the same way, we are called by Jesus to make disciples, to go make followers of Jesus. And we know that 85% of the people do so between the ages of 4 and 14. So as a church, we want to be good at the thing God tells us we should be doing, right? So that's why we invest in children, because that's where 85% of the people who um, respond to what Jesus says we're supposed to be doing, that's, that's where they are. That's that group. And so we have to care about children because Jesus tells us to make disciples and people become disciples between the ages of 4 and 14, 85% of them. So we have to invest. We have to care about children as a church for a whole lot of reasons. And I hope based on some of those reasons that you would decide, okay, I get it. I need, if I'm going to follow Jesus, then children have to, have to, have to be on my radar all the time. So I want to challenge you to invest in children. Let me talk for a couple seconds about how we do that. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is considered a central passage in the Old Testament. And and if you want to uh, make God a part of your life, then this is the moment when Moses addressed um, the family of God and and told them, uh, this is is what it's it's really all about. So I'm going to read you Deuteronomy chapter 6 as God is forming his nation, the, the family of God, the people of God. It says this, These are the commands and decrees and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing into the Jordan to possess, the promised land. So they're ready to go into the promised land and be the people of God. So that you, your children, and their children after them uh, may fear the Lord your God as as long as you live um, by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey this so that It may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, uh, the God of your fathers, promised you. So this is what you do to get it right, Israel. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, When you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So what God is saying is if you want to get this right, then you impress the things of God, the nature, the character of God, the teachings of God, impress them upon your children. So if you want to invest in children, it starts with your own kids and with your grandkids. And if you have been blessed with children of your own or grandchildren of your own, your number one responsibility is to invest God's way of life into their hearts. Now, as a church, we're here to help you do that, but don't outsource it to us. We only have maybe 40 hours a year with your kids. You own it. 
And one of the ways you can own it is by getting a good children's Bible, a good readable children's Bible. You can see me on a Sunday. I would love to help you figure that out. I'll direct you to people who can really help you with a lot of resources, or you can download uh, the Kids Bible app uh, and, and start to, even if you know nothing of the Bible, this is a great opportunity. You don't have to be the Bible expert. All you have to do is have a good children's Bible and read the stories together with your kids and talk about it. And if they have questions and you don't know the answer, which is like the big scary thing, you know what you do? You say, I don't know. What do you think? And you talk about it together and you grow together. Your example isn't the main thing. It's the only thing. It's the only thing that really matters to your kid. And so learn scripture together. Another way that you can invest in children is by joining our children's ministry and volunteering in one of our classrooms. We'll know we get this principle right as a church when we have a waiting list of people ready to pour into children on a Sunday morning. That's how we'll know we value them in the same way that we value Jesus. If we really believe how we treat kids is how we treat Jesus, we will never be short on children's volunteers. So one of the things that you can do is to get involved with our children's ministry and begin investing in children. Now, there are plenty of other things, like uh, our, our partnership with Crestview Elementary, our partnership with the Christian Children's Home of Ohio, and some other things. I know that we're getting into a partnership with Naranon, helping families uh, of people with addictions. There are all kinds of ways that we can help you invest in children. But the most important thing is for you in your heart to make a change if necessary and say, I will invest in children because it matters to Jesus and because there's a spiritual law that says how I treat children is how I treat Jesus. That's God's perspective. So I hope that you will take all this in and realize as a church, uh, we want to get this right. And I hope you will, as an individual, maybe as a parent or as a neighbor, commit to making this principle a real value in your life. Thanks for listening.